This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 193. Today is the day. Today we talk about the leadership experiences that have shaped us as leaders. Stay tuned to find out what they are. Welcome back to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders and the missing logic in healthcare, so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Healthcare's The Missing Logic Podcast. Yes. I'm Tracy. Welcome, welcome. I'm Michelle. <laughs> She's trying to remember who she is today. I, I woke up this morning. I, yeah, I'm Michelle. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good, because if you're not, I don't know who I'm sitting here with. <laughs> and we've been uh, leaders for a long time. We've had a lot of experience. Yes, we have. We're going to have more. Mm-hmm. We're not done yet. Oh, no. You know, a lot just of our friends are retiring. retiring. And we're like, oh. We're, we're just getting started. We're just getting going. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right? It's so true. But, you know, along the journey, it's always helpful to pause and think about, wow, where have we been? Right? Mm-hmm. In relationship to, to, you know, kind of like where you're going. But what really got me here? You know, sometimes you just take it for granted mm-hmm. or you forget. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the older you get, that's more likely. Um, so one of the things that, well, two things we really value are reflection and silence. And both are really meaningful dialogue principles that we try to practice. And it supports, you know, having a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with yourself and with others. And um, and it's helpful at different times, again, to just step back and reflect on where you've been and, and uh, just appreciate that. I was just thinking it was over a year ago. I did a two day silence retreat. Oh, I remember when you did that. Yeah. I rented a house all by myself and I did a whole weekend of silence before I did a week worth of working on my. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a lot of reflection. I was in a town I had lived in when I first got out of college. So it was just a lot of things. And it's just such a powerful thing to do. And, uh, and Michelle and I did that. Michelle and I, you know, we, mm-hmm. we stepped back and really thought about our work and where we'd been. Yeah, we did that. And actually with the pandemic, one of the things that's really coming up in the literature now is reflection is one of the key things that's missing in leadership right now. Yeah. So it's really important as a leader to take that time to stop, to reflect, to be silent. Um, so important. 
Silence is huge. Mm-hmm. Like we have just learned this, you know, in the last year or so, the, just the significance of silence and creating that space to just quiet yourself, quiet mm-hmm. your mind. It opens up so much, right? It just, it opens up the opportunity for new thinking. Creativity. Clarity to come yeah. your way. And yeah, cre- creativity. Um, so it's just, uh, they're just great tools. Right. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the leadership experiences that have made us with some of our reflections which we like to do, as we said, from time to time. Now, you may or may not know this, but Tracy and I met in hospital orientation over 30 years ago. And we were in the hospital orientation, the general hospital orientation. So it was in a big auditorium. And uh, they did one of those exercises where they say, stand up and turn around and shake the hand of the person behind you, which I did. I spun around, stuck out my hand. And there was Tracy. Shaking hands. <laughs> and we've been saying we've been shaking hands ever since. And 30, we have been. 30 years. 30 years. Shaking. Still shaking. <laughs> Still shaking. Still shaking. <laughs> that was the beginning of our, the beginning of the beginning before we were leaders. Well, we were leaders even then. No, well, we sort were of leaders. clinicians first. Sort of yeah. leaders. Sort of leaders. Starting the journey. Other thing you may or may not know about us is that we are a walking polarity. So obviously we talk about polarities quite a bit. And when it comes to the polarities in our lives and our business, we often have references, preferences for the opposite poles. Often. Almost always. Almost. (laughs) Pretty much. Almost always. It's so true. But thank God we know that. And our strengths and our perspectives are almost always opposite. It's just true. It's how we roll. And we're not surprised by it. We're like, well, of course you would say that. Of course you would think that. Yep. Yep. And uh, But when it comes to our principles, our beliefs, um, you know, the values that we have, we are totally aligned and we have been for 30 years. Yep. We actually had a client of ours ask us recently, do you ever fight? Do you ever argue? <laughs> Do you ever argue? We're like, no. No. <laughs> no, no. We just know we're opposite. So, you know, we give each other a little bit of grace. Yep. And we just understand that this is, we we are a walking tension. Yes. Most of the time. Yes. And so because we know how polarities work, we recognize that and we just know, oh, okay, this is the polarity of productivity and relationship, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever one it might be. And, um... And we just know that. And we just leverage it, which is, that's the gift. That is the beauty, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is the beauty. So, uh, you know, so we've been on this partnership for journey for over 30 years and have had many of the same experiences that have shaped us uh, into becoming who we are today, who the leaders we are today. And we thought we would just share some of those with you on this podcast. Yeah. So here's the first one. Here's the first one. We were leaders in the adult critical care unit uh, at the hospital where we oriented to, right, where we Mm -hmm. met each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm a respiratory therapist. Michelle's a nurse. So natural partners, clinical partners anyway, right? But as leaders, as clinical leaders, Michelle for the nurses and I for the respiratory therapists, this was well before interprofessional collaborative practice. This was before interdisciplinary practice. This was... 
maybe the words of multidisciplinary were starting to emerge. Um, And we were like, we wanted to bring the nurses and the respiratory therapists together to share a procedure of drawing blood for glucose sampling and running the lab. We were running the lab at the time as respiratory therapists. So we were going to have them collaborate and have, you know, mutual accountability for this process and leverage each other in doing that. And it was really coming together. This is the first time this is happening in the organization. So we were really charting, you know, new pioneers. territory. We were pioneers, pioneers. Yeah. blazing the trail, right? <laughs> and uh, and so there was a lot of things that we learned. Oh yeah, right in that process, and you know, learning each other's scope of practice, really yeah. getting a deeper understanding of the scope of practice of nurses, the scope of practice of respiratory therapists, what their capabilities were, and really honoring that. In both, um, I think it was one of the things that came out of that. Um, and really moving to collaboration in the true sense of it. Not not just operating independently, but side by side, but really collaborating, integrating the practices um, and, you know, bringing the team together. Yeah, a lot of learnings in that experience. Yeah. And then I think the other thing was decision-making. Um, and Michelle had been a part of kind of more participative decision-making. And I had been more, you know, my department was more directive decision-making. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was a great learning for me to, you know, learn from Michelle and learn how to bring the clinicians into the process of designing how this would happen and what it would look like and what would be the best approaches and what would be meaningful for them and what would work for them. And rather than as a leader, just deciding and pushing the decision down the path, right. Um, Really involving them from the very beginning. And so that was a key leadership lesson for me and um, just broadened my awareness around how decisions could be made. And it changed things in our department totally. Oh, yeah. After that experience, your department really embraced it. And our other um, really key thing that shaped us was then beginning to lead shared governance and partnership council infrastructures from an interprofessional perspective. And we established the first interprofessional partnership council in the country. And then we went on to help organizations across North America implement them as well. So, yeah. A lot of learnings there, how it's so important to tap the wisdom of everyone and put these structures in place. And some of our key takeaways are you need councils because they're the practice field to practice, um, really to practice uh, partnering relationships. It's the relationships are what make up organizations. People make up organizations. So to have that place for them to practice and grow together professionally and to connect the leaders to the staff is really important. And also it's a place where you can learn to um, learn about and then advance your skills of partnership and dialogue in the council meetings. And we... Um, What's unique about the way that we did it is we also established one-on-one connections. And those are so powerful because everyone that sits in the council connects to a colleague that they work with to also get their perspectives on the different issues that would come to the councils. And I think a key takeaway for me is in any organization, no matter what kind of organization you work in, you know, we've got committees and we've got task forces that kind of get things done. 
But a council is ongoing and it's connected through the one-on-one, um, the one-on-one design of it. And I, that was so unique because yeah. in most organizations, the council are the decision makers and it's their voices at the table, right, that are talking. And mm-hmm. it's all about practice changes. Um, but but ours were unique in that that every person on that unit was connected to the council via their representative and their voices were always represented at the table. It wasn't just what the what the council member thought. It was what the council member thought and all the voices that that person was bringing. And the councils were about relationships and developing a culture. And I think many councils miss that and that they focus on, sure, engaging people and making decisions around practice, which is really important. But when you really make that the place to build relationship, to develop skills of meaningful conversation, to develop deepened relationships between leaders and staff and between staff and other professions, it, it's a, it takes on a whole different life. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that that is missing, I think, in many organizations that we've been in that have council structures that are, you know, effective when it comes to practice engagement, but when it comes to culture evolution, culture. they're lacking. And they could be leveraging that more. So I think that that will always stick with us. Yes. I think. Always was a key, key, key. So important, right? Takeaway. Yes. So important. And then councils can also support leveraging polarities. Mm. So there's some core polarities that just lend themselves to the council infrastructure as well, like individual and team. Right, because you got your individual members, but you got the collective team, directive and participative decision making. The participative poll is supported by the council infrastructure, mm-hmm. and you got the you got the people leading the directive at the table with them, which is really powerful. Margin and mission. Uh, we shared several examples on our podcast about how councils actually. Uh, help to manage that polarity as well, because it's why we're there to provide quality care. And we're also there um, to help with the margin, right? To be accountable and fiscally fiscally accountable Mm -hmm. to the delivery of that care as well and be part of the decisions when it comes to margin. And then individual competency and integrated competency. I think this was key in our leadership lessons when it comes to um, councils as well. You can't integrate what you don't understand. And if you're not together uh, in an integrated way, then you'll never really appreciate how you have to have that individual competency and integrated competency when it comes to care delivery. Yeah. When it comes to the team. Yes. Again, it's not just that side by side. It's really integrating your scopes of practice together. Mm -hmm. So the patients and families get the best, right? And you're leveraging each other the most optimally. Yeah. That was critical. And we were doing work with that long Uh, before anybody even thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. And And just one more thing I want to add, when it comes to your roles, a lot of times, a lot of times people think of counselors as only the only the front line, but it's really not. It's the different roles that represent that department. And um, to me, what it did for me in different roles, I've been a council member as a manager, as a as a clinical nurse specialist, is it it helped my role be evident because I was able to bring my expertise to the council. And there's a lot of benefit in that when it comes to appreciating everyone's 
roles and it truly is a relationship partnership um, revelation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's another leadership um, lesson, yes. right? Is everybody has a different wisdom, a different expertise and a different perspective. And when you're making decisions, it's helpful to tap into those, yes. right? It doesn't mean you don't know enough. It means that's not your area of expertise. So you wouldn't have that perspective, right? Yeah. And many uh, councils made significant changes because they tapped the unique wisdom of everybody, right? And they were able to make significant savings and have significant, you know, financial savings because mm -hmm. they learned, you know, they brought everybody together and the clinical expert, the operations expert, the, the bedside expert. So yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, the other thing for us was dialogue experiences. Now we, um, you know, we were a part of a organization and had a mentor that was always um, cognizant of what's happening external to healthcare and how can we tap into the knowledge and wisdom of others and bring it into healthcare. And dialogue, I think, was mm -hmm. one of those areas where it was like meaningful conversation is so important. How do we learn about dialogue? How do we? How do we engage in this and bring it in? And so we had experts come from outside yep. healthcare that came in to teach a core group of us about dialogue skills and what it meant to be in a dialogue circle and how to experience it and facilitate it. And we even had a whole conference. Yes, we did. A whole conference. It was nothing about, di just all about dialogue. Yes. Nothing else. It wasn't about anything clinical. It was just all about being in dialogue and being in dialogue circles and having meaningful conversations about really pertinent topics at the time. And, and then as leaders, we grew our skill in that and we would, we would have um, dialogue circles at different conferences. We'd lead dialogue in different organizations. And, and that's a big part of our polarity intelligence um, component today because of the value of that and what it, what it really brings, you know, and you can use it anywhere. Well, I was going to say, that's the beauty of it is it's great to practice it as a leader and to create those safe spaces to have conversations. And today, you know, I think psychological safety is such a big issue in healthcare settings and to understand dialogue skills and set intention and create psychological safety is critical. And you can apply them to your point, Tracy, you can apply them anywhere. Yeah. Um, so very valuable. And the most, just think about it, The probably the most effective leaders I've ever worked with had really good dialogue skills. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's such a key part of polarity intelligence because you yeah. can't explore differing perspectives unless you're willing to sit with those perspectives right. and learn from them and be open and really understand the deeper meaning and let that emerge and understand there's wisdom in resistance. There's wisdom in each perspective. And, yep. and, and when you're in dialogue, you're not trying to solve something. You're trying to uncover Right. Things, right? Understand. Understand and uncover really what is pertinent and important, right? And relative to everybody. And um, and you can get into meaningful conversation, meaningful dialogue in a one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be always a group. It's right. Such power when you sit down with a diverse group of people to really learn about a topic. And so that's um that of course has just stuck with us for ever it's made us shaped it us, has and made shaped us. us big time big it time. still does to this day yep. it's a very major part of our work today yep. 
Oh, gosh. The other thing that has really shaped us as leaders is our speaking and facilitating engagements. Now, this has been quite a journey, right? Tracy and I, this is a skill of being presenters, um, sharing our, our, you know, sharing our knowledge with leaders from a stage, uh, from a podium, from a podcast now. But it all started in the early days where just being brave and just getting out there and speaking. And I would say we were the queen of abstract submissions for a while. (laughs) Tracy would come to my office and we would just apply uh, abstracts to speak on the things that just really made our hearts sing. And, and uh, over time we did a lot, we just really did a lot of speaking, speaking spoke conferences all over the world. And I think some of our key takeaways are, you know, as a leader, speaking is really important. It's a way to communicate and you can practice your style, practice the skill. It is all about practice, 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 and you build confidence yeah. over time. Oh. Uh, we would get very creative in our presentations. We dressed up as pirates once. Yeah, once we dressed up. Treasure hunt. In a treasure that? hunt. Yeah, that was an international conference. <laughs> I think. Where was that? That in- was in uh, Vienna. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 That was fun. <laughs> uh, you know, so it just builds your confidence yeah. when you can stand in front of a group and bring who you are and deliver your message. And it also just makes it easy to talk to anyone, right? It's just that experience. Well, yeah. Of- if you can speak on a stage, you can talk to everybody. And, and people say that that's the biggest fear, right? Like oh, yeah. they'd rather die than speak on, you know, but once you do it a few times and you start to hone your your um, skill around it and really bring yourself. And I think the thing you just have to know is you have to know your stuff. Yeah. You just have to know what you're talking about. And if you know what you're talking about, then most of the time it just comes from your heart. You know, you have a little outline and you speak from just like we do on here, right? We have a little outline and we just kind of talk about about the different topics. And, um, and then I think facilitating as well, right? When you, to, to facilitate a group, that's a whole nother level of, um, of speaking, right? Because you're not just speaking, you're facilitating conversation and helping connect the dots for people and connect people and, and different things like that. And and so that too, I think really has helped us to relate to people, mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. open, um, you know, think on your feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those kinds of things, right? Um, and it's it really um we enjoy it. Yeah, we do. We always have and we always will. Yeah, we just enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Fear. Who has fear? There's no fear. <laughs> no, nah. no fear. We're just human beings, right? And I think people get afraid they're going to say something wrong or make a mistake. But you know what? That's what makes people like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're genuine. You're just genuine. So you just let it go. Um, another um, key element here, um, their next to last one, is um, being involved in a consortium of uh, organizations, healthcare organizations, and just the power of collective wisdom. You know, Mm. when our work started in the healthcare organization, we were following our mentor, you know, it started with five hospitals that all had, you know, uh, a purpose, a common purpose of creating the best places to give and receive care and really developing, you know, professional practice so that that quality of care could be delivered and could have, you know, Uh, clinicians that were delivering the best care and patients that were receiving the best care and all the tools and resources they needed. And it started with a small 
group of hospitals that were committed to the same purpose. And it just grew and grew and grew. And we learned so much from all of the leaders in those organizations. And being a part of that large collective with that shared purpose, it just, you know, it just kind of, it's so powerful. And it solidified for us the power in numbers, the power in the collective experience and the individual experience and learning from each other, right? We're all across the country in different areas. And yet there was a common understanding. There was a common, there were common challenges. We learned so much over the years, what the leaders were experiencing. Much of that has shaped a lot of what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it was just, it was just a phenomenal experience. And the more people that were involved, the more exponentially it grew, the more impact it had, um, and it was just, uh, it was just, we didn't have to reinvent the wheel. No, we didn't. You know, in every organization didn't have to reinvent the wheel because they could tap into this collective and learn from what others had experienced. And for me, I led the scope of practice work when we first started to do interprofessional work. Then I was a part of a small group of people that were interviewing occupational therapists and physical therapists and speech language pathologists and pastoral care and all the different disciplines around their scope of practice and helping them to articulate it so we could develop tools that would support the documentation in an interprofessional manner. And that, that was just so eye-opening. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, such a unique experience that you wouldn't have. It would take forever to try to reach out to a whole bunch of different yeah. people, you know, so expedited yeah, the- a lot of work. Power of community with a shared purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been another key experience that has shaped us and what we're doing today. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we've lived it, we've lived it before, and we're living it now. Yeah. And then, last but not least, uh, is our entrepreneurial journey. So, this is a whole new world. <laughs> uh, a whole new. And we're world. on this leg of our journey right now, right? It's calling us to elevate and you know, up-level our game every day. And it's a wild ride, but we love every minute of it. We really do. It's really uh, an amazing journey. And uh, one of our key takeaways is what got us here isn't going to get us where we need to go. So we're constantly engaging other coaches and other entrepreneurs and learning from them and challenging uh, each other. Mm Mm-hmm. As we grow our work, uh, we leverage um, each of our strengths and our team strengths. We think that's really important. And we know how important it is to persevere. Oh. Perseverance. Hashtag perseverance. Discipline and courage. <laughs> and discipline and courage, right? They're yeah. all essential. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, there's really no hiding. And there really is no, uh, you know, the buck stops here. It's yeah, nobody's like, coming to save us. No one's coming to save us. <laughs> <laughs> We're in it now. We're in all the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? We're going to have outcomes and experiences we'll have never imagined if we we wouldn't have just taken this leap and done it. And it's been an awesome journey. Yeah, we love it. We yeah. love it. We yeah. wouldn't be doing anything else, right? It's all yep. kinds of opportunities in front of us that we haven't even thought of. Yeah. So just, you know, focusing on following our passion, staying aligned to what's perp- what's meaningful to us at all times. Yeah. And, um, and then also being flexible, you know, pivoting during COVID. We pivoted like the best of them. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And paying attention, you know, yeah. we want to deliver, um, 
services for healthcare leaders and organizations that, you know, that they need, that they want. And at the same time, stay true to the things that matter most to us and that are aligned with our, our purpose and, and our values and, and how we want, what we want to contribute. It's kind of our legacy, right? Yes, it is our legacy. Yeah. Yeah. So just thought we'd share a little bit of ourselves with you, a little something different uh, this time. And uh, so, you know, thanks for listening uh, for, um, you know, showing up. I know many of you show up every week. Yes. And we are so appreciative of that because uh, we love doing these and we love, you know, interviewing other people and chatting with each other and just sharing with you the things that we're learning and how we're growing and appreciate you as an audience. So, um, you know, leave us a, a, a review on your favorite channel, you know, wherever you're listening to us and let us know what value you're getting from the podcast. We'd love to get the feedback. Many of you have given us great feedback. We so appreciate that. Um, and drop us an email at michelle at missinglogic.com and just share some of your experiences, you know, that have shaped you. We love to hear stories of leaders um, and their experiences. And, um, you know, we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, stay safe and stay healthy. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.